Now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir? I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that is me, along with Captain Dennis. We are your crew today as we navigate the latest aviation news and information here on Just Plane Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. And, uh, you know, just one week and all hell breaks loose. Uh, st- stuff starts falling from the skies. And, uh, it, you know, obviously this united story with the engine uh, parts uh, starting to show up in the neighborhood was quite a story. We got to we got to navigate that accordingly. But also, just uh, coming up, I think I found a new plane that uh, I could use as a trainer and to get me where I need to go uh, throughout the Caribbean to do some diving. Uh, Dennis, we got that coming up with a special guest today, right? That's correct. Are you excited? Are you with me on this? Well, I am because I can actually fly it. Okay, well, the, that would be a start, and then eventually I'd learn. And well, anyway, we'll leave that yeah. for later. Let's talk about let's talk <laughs> about uh, this big story because it's it's hard to ignore. You know, it obviously filtered through all the mainstream media, made the national news as it should when engine well, parts start falling from the sky and landing in your local neighborhood. Uh, I mean, the pictures are crazy. I mean, uh, and, and thank God nobody got hurt. But when the story broke on the news, which, I, I, what was it? Was it last Sunday? I, I don't know. Or was it even after the show Saturday? I forget yeah. when that happened. Yeah, I don't remember either. I just, it just seems like it's been, uh, you know, topic number one in the news. Right. Uh, you know, basically since the incident happened. Mm-hmm. And I saw the, I saw the live feed of them landing the aircraft because obviously it made, you know, th- this was like a OJ trace, like, you know, a, a chase because, you know, the, all the news uh, people were covering the landing. Like, are we going to have a massive accident? And thank God we didn't. Uh, and they didn't really know what was going on at the time with the engine. You know, we found out later that, you know, the thing basically they were up at altitude and I don't know, it kind of exploded or something. I don't know. It caught fire. It was, it was nutty, but the cowling, it was the first, uh, video or pictures that I saw in the field. And I'm like, uh Oh, this isn't good. Uh, and it was good to hear that and see that the plane got, uh, down and nobody was injured and stuff not not only on the airplane but the fact that you know parts of the engine had come off and landed in people's neighborhoods uh, thank god it didn't land on anybody or anything like came awfully close to one person's house you see well, that she's picture? got a nice new flower bed in front doesn't she well I mean, I, i'd say finders keepers and you know just get some mulch and you know make it into a pretty little flower bed i mean you know, moto art would charge you thousands for something like that i'll tell you what that would be an awesome lawn ornament wouldn't it it'd be one yeah. of those little trolls or the guy with the, you know, the, the gnomes. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, but I have a feeling that they got trucked away. Yeah. Unfortunately the NTSB was collecting all of that stuff and for 
analysis to figure out what happened. I, I mean, will you say realize that it's not supposed to lose parts like that. They're no. supposed to be able to, if a fan blade breaks, like what happened on this, this incident, mm-hmm. the engine's not supposed to come apart. It's supposed to hold the pieces in so that this doesn't happen. Yeah. So well, I don't this, know. I mean, it, it kind of looked to me from the video that uh, the engine kind of stayed intact, but the cowling all blew apart, you know, the, the covering of the engine. Right, because the shrapnel yeah. uh, obviously went out, but the the engine cowl and outer hub and whatnot is supposed to help you know contain that, so it doesn't rain debris down in the neighbors because that's True. you know considered yeah. kind of a bad form. It, it's not supposed to happen, <laughs> right? For sure, there's no question about that. I thought it was really interesting that when they interviewed the guy uh, who lived at the house, where it came really close to hitting their house, and that was the round ring of the front or back of the engine, I guess. Yeah, it was the uh, inlet ring. Inlet ring, okay. Uh, he knew exactly what it was immediately. It sounded like he may have some aviation, you know, uh, stuff. Because if I would have walked out my door and saw that after you heard this crash that they said they heard, I would have thought, oh, Who's my God, littering? it's a UFO. We got we we got spaceship parts in our front yard, honey. Check this out. You know, that's what I mean. And I I know a little bit about airplanes, but I think I would have went uh, spaceship first before I went with airplane. Maybe that's just me. Cause it looked, I mean, it looked kind of spaceshipy like, cause it was just the ring. You hear what I'm saying there, Dennis? Well, and if you've ever seen the size of the engine on a triple seven, that's, that's a big chunk of metal. That right. inlet ring, the, the intake on that engine, the, is the same diameter as a seven thirty seven fuselage. Think yeah. about that for a second. So it's away at least 12, 15 feet across. Isn't Six it? people can sit across the inside of that inlet, you okay. know, just, just like on an airliner. Yeah. With, with room to put a luggage cart down the middle. Right. And, uh, you know, but I don't, I don't know that I would have thought that was the, what'd you say ring? What kind of ring? The inlet ring. Inlet ring. That- I don't know if I would have recognized that the way it was lay, laying in their yard. I would have thought it was some kind of UFO thing, you know? Well, you know, you do subscribe to those conspiracy well, theories hey, and things like that. So the truth yeah. is out there. We we've heard hey. this before. There's been movies about it. So you know, maybe, but maybe that is just me. But yeah, the guy who uh, they interviewed, he you know, and it landed in his yard. He sounded like he knew airplanes, and it was kind of interesting that uh, I knew it was a piece of an airplane right away. I was like, oh boy, look at this. Uh, it's just wild. But I think well, you're right. It would have made an awesome flower bed. Just Lay that puppy over. You got your little border. Throw some mulch in there and some flowers. You're good to go. But I guess they didn't get to keep it. No, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, But they were very fortunate, though. You know, we're seeing a lot of photos and whatnot being released by the NTSB. And, you know, while it looks pretty bad, there's, you know, some holes punched in the fuselage. Mm -hmm. It turns out it wasn't structural damage to the airplane. So they got off, you know, very easy, very lucky. Yeah. Um, The only parts of the airplane that were actually damaged was just some cosmetic, you know, like a a belly fairing and stuff like that. So. You know, at least it, it, it broke the way it's supposed to. It just didn't keep all the pieces in, in place. But it right. didn't go into the cabin. It didn't, you know, send parts flying through this rows of seats or something that could have been really bad. Well, of course, yeah. I mean, but just the fact that they lost the engine, you know, and I, I saw the interviews with the people on the plane. They said when when they saw what was happening and, you know, they were preparing for landing, uh, it was very, very quiet, as you would expect, possibly. Right, but, but look uh, at it from the other perspective, too, Greg. They made a normal landing with yeah. one engine completely inoperative. So exactly. these things are designed to be able to fly with fully loaded. They had the center fuel tank was even fully loaded. 
And they didn't, you know, like do an immediate 180 and put her back down. They actually, I was watching the, some of the ATC transcripts and uh, listening to some of the audio. They were actually asking for some delay vectors to get some more time to sort things out so they could run through their checklists and get everything cleaned up. So they weren't trying to get it down quick. I don't know if they were dumping fuel to lower the landing weight or anything like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, they took their time and the airplane flew on. Uh, it wasn't like they were struggling to maintain altitude or anything like that. Well, true. And I think that, uh, I mean, that's just a testament to how airworthy these uh, aircraft are. I mean, because I, I know I would have been even nervous if I was seeing that one of our one of our engines was on fire and the the cover was missing from it. I was like, "Uh-oh, this this could end badly." And I'm sure that went through a lot of people's minds that were in that aircraft, but like you said, the fact that they they calm and collectively uh, landed the aircraft, everybody was fine. I mean, it was a very good ending to a potentially scary situation. Well, it wasn't potentially, it was scary. Uh, any way you look at it, but once again, goes to show you, you know, uh, these things are are pretty uh pretty hardy in that regard and i think it would instill confidence with most most people flying wouldn't you think i would hope that this would be a great example of why you don't need to panic you know these pilots are trained extremely well the airplanes are designed you know to be extremely safe that they can fly with you know half of their power plants missing and right we're you know this is a perfect example and it's no different than if uh you know you're doing your training in a twin uh personal ga aircraft right It'd be the same type of philosophy in a way. Well, I mean, no, I mean, you lose one engine and you learn how to fly your aircraft with just one. That that part's true. But unfortunately on the small piston twins, some of them don't have uh, quite the horsepower that this does to be able to continue to climb out on a single engine. You know, if you're a typical seminal, those things, uh, unless you've got the landing gear sucked up, you can't even get a positive rate of climb on one engine. Okay. So you're going to need to get it down a little quicker than they did. But you have options. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot, and flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight training professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons flight training professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. 
Do you have a message or product you need to share with the aviation world? Well, look no further than Just Plane Radio. Just like you, thousands of aviation enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Go to JustPlaneRadio.com. Send us an email and let us get to work to make your marketing message matter. Takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I was flying. I was, of course, I was flying. I'm leaving on a jet plane. Don't know when I'll be back again. Oh, babe, I hate to go. Hate to go. This is Just Plane Radio. Gregor, co pilot. That's me, Loa Captain Dennis. All right, so uh, I don't know if you've heard, but you're, if you're heading to uh, Las Vegas International anytime soon, uh, you, you may need to not just update your charts, but just make a mental note because they're, they're changing the name of the airport. Is that right, Dennis? That's correct. It's no longer going to be McCarran International Airport. It's actually going to be Harry Reid International Airport. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. So, so if they're telling you, "Hey, you, you, here's your flight to Harry Reid," no, that's that's you're still going to LAS. That part isn't yeah. changing. Who's Reid? Is Harry? I don't get it. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, what 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 is? Um, I mean, when is this going to go into effect? Immediately? Uh, or? It, it, it was Pat that the the, uh, the state legislature passed it recently. Uh, yeah. And so it, it's going to take them, you know, a couple million dollars to rebrand the airport, you know, right. changing all of the names mm-hmm. and signs and exits and things like that. Okay. So, so it's going to be a perfectly legitimate way to blow a bunch of tax dollars. So I guess, uh, well, you know, that your passenger facility charges have to go for something. Well, exactly. Yeah. What a way I, I'm not a fan. You know, I, I wouldn't care who it is. Why don't we like, just not name them after people? Because you know it's it's unfortunate. You know the airport was named in 1948 after a, a late senator, yeah, um, who had served in Congress for over two decades. You know both sides of World War II and was a mm-hmm. strong advocate for aviation, so it made sense. But as our social mores have changed, some of his views on things like racism and and other actions has uh, made people go back and say, you know, we're going to cancel him, and we're mm. going to find somebody else to honor. And, oh, is that they, what's behind this? That's what's behind this. Oh, I thought it was just they were a fan of, uh, you know, Harry. So, well, which maybe a combination. Well, and they are. Yeah. Um, you know, and so we, well, what's wrong chosen- with just like Las Vegas Airport? <laughs> I, I personally don't see why we need to name them after people, you know, because when you right. do you go, when you go to Minneapolis, uh, are you going to Wool Chamberlain Field or you just want to go to Minneapolis? Exactly. It's a big, big scam, you know, but, but the fact that they're going to have to change all the names and like spend all this money just to update things. But, it's just you know, those people, the, the sign makers here. need jobs too, I guess. Right. Yeah. Well, true. We've got to put somebody to work and I guess that's one way to, one way to do it. But, uh, there you go. So plan accordingly. And uh, whether they change the name, you know, immediately or next few months, just know it's coming uh, and and things will update accordingly. All right. So we got that. We uh, you've been doing some flying uh, uh, locally down there in Fort Myers, I guess, even this past week. Was it Sunday you went flying or what did you do? Actually, 
actually it was that Saturday after the show aired. Yeah. Um, we uh, went down to Naples, or at least I tried to go down to Naples. Uh, they had uh, the uh, U.S. Air Expo, which is a kind of like a, a car show for airplanes. They had a bunch of uh, aircraft event, uh, manufacturers that had brought out their latest toys so for us to go and peruse. And so nice. I had intended to fly the Mooney down there with with my wife and, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of schmooze and hobnob a little bit. And, well, I, I I got to the airport, or at least I got within five miles of it. And when I called the tower to... Uh, you know, get in line for landing, I was told to uh, politely stay outside the class Delta, wait 30 minutes for your turn, and we'll we'll get you in. Wait 30 but minutes? They actually said 30 minutes? 30 minute hold time expect. Wow. They, they had so much, apparently a ton of IFR arrival traffic that anybody that was coming in VFR was being held up off to the side. Hmm. So of course, you know, uh, in the back of my mind, I'm scratching my head going, wait a minute. Why are these IFR flights getting priority? It's sunny, clear blue skies. You know, that, that kind of frosted me as a, as a GA pilot. You know, yeah. I'm flying 15 minutes from my house to Naples to look at these airplanes and take advantage of cheap gas. And mm-hmm. I have to go sit and hold out over the ocean for 30 minutes while some airliners are coming in. It's like, you should be able to work us in a little bit better than that. You've got two runways, figure it out. Yeah. But you know, I, I'm not the air traffic controller, uh, unfortunately. Well, so, so, but it was a uh, big planes that were flying in or was it, it? It was a mix, but it was largely business jets coming in on instrument flight plans that were being handed off from like uh, Fort Myers approach and into landing at Naples. And well, the were they coming just, in for this event or was it uh, just regular traffic? I think it was just regular traffic because uh-huh. there wasn't that many people milling around looking at it uh, that, you know, that would look like they would have come off a business jet to come over and look at uh, the latest piston airplanes. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like so you that. think you were uh, treated like the bald headed stepchild of, of the regular traffic flow and the guy was a little annoyed with you or everybody. Well, and, that, <laughs> and that's why I just left. I turned back around and flew back home and got in my car and drove down. Oh, Naples. really? That's only about a 30 minute drive. So, you know, okay. I, I wanted to go fill the airplane up with gas while I was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and well, did you ever down. go, you got to go back on the radio and say, uh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I said. Don't never mind. We're heading back home. <laughs> mm. and, and then I couldn't, uh, couldn't even get, uh, uh, a, a class Charlie clearance, uh, from Fort Myers. Cause he was overwhelmed dealing with all the people coming down there too. Mm. Uh, he literally told me to call him back in five minutes. And so by that time I was actually on the ground. Well, like, forget go it. figure. Yeah. So, I mean, when they were uh, telling you that you're going to have to, you know, have a layover or, I mean, uh, Gonna have to go fly a p- pattern over the water for about thirty minutes. Was there a bunch of other GA aircraft doing the same already? There was one or two others that I heard on frequency, but uh, you know, considering that I had my wife with me and my neighbor, uh, my wife's not the uh, the a great airplane passenger. She she does not handle it as well as most people do. She tends to get sick, so I didn't want to yeah. keep her up for thirty minutes doing circles out over the ocean. Hmm. That might have uh, been been bad for. Uh, but did you hear any other chatter from it, any of the other GA aircraft, kind of complaining or going like, "Hey, wait a minute, what's up, there, uh, buddy?" So you you really have limited options to complain to the tower. Yeah, be- because he he's the one that's going to pick tell it up in their like uh, inflection in their voice, like, "Uh, really, thirty minutes? Okay." Yeah, yeah, and I think that was pretty much uh, what everybody was saying at the time. Mm-hmm. So that's why I chose to just get out of there. Um, I found out my neighbor had flown in uh, in his Mooney uh, about an hour or so ahead of us, and he had to wait about 20 minutes uh, wow. to get in. And So did, uh, do they have a suggestion box, and you could anonymously ooh, say, hey, well, who the see, hell? I, 
I have this radio show that I, that I know some people on and I can talk about it and, you know, that might get back to them that way. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, there's that. And once again, that was Naples airport. Uh, (laughs) and it wasn't Mooney 1163 Zulu either. No, never. No, no, that wasn't it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it just sounds like they were having a busy day and, you know, when you throw that extra traffic in there, I bet it is quite aggravating for them. You know? you know, and I, I don't know with, were they shorthanded in the tower, right. you know, that, that can happen. I mean, there's a lot of issues with, you know, ATC zero where the tower shuts down because they, you know, from staffing because of COVID or something like that. And they got yeah. to clear out. Yeah. We don't know if they had mm-hmm. people calling in and there's one guy trying to work the whole airport that, that could get sporting. I, yeah. I can see that. You got to give them a little bit of uh benefit of the doubt that maybe it was more than uh, them not being cooperative that they had their hands full. So we'll but do that. In, in the end, you know, it worked out. I did get to go on a nice little one hour flight with my wife and neighbor. And, and then uh, you and then drove down there and look at, at the event. Yeah. All right, cool. Hey, I got a new plane, uh, that I have my eye on that. I think I could learn to fly and, and be like Dennis. We're going to talk about it next on just plane radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight training professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons flight training professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Watch the sky. I like the spike with pain and music is my aeroplane. It's my aeroplane. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis. Okay, so, you know, I'm cruising YouTube this week and uh, up in my feed pops up this plane and it just started talking to me. And uh, I was like, oh, my gosh, what is this Pipistrol thing? And I reached out to Dennis, like, Dennis, this is the plane I need. I think I can find another plane that would be perfect for me to learn how to fly, uh, hopscop, uh, you know, scotch across the Caribbean, do some diving, fishing, whatever it needs to be. And uh, we need to learn more about this. So Dennis hooked us up, and we got Paige and Andy from Pipistrol uh, on Just Plane Radio right now. Guys, welcome. How are you? Hey, we're doing good. It's nice and sunny here. We're flying and having a good day. Yeah. Now, when I say uh, Pipistrol, 
which is kind of hard for me to say, actually. Yeah, you guys, I don't know. Do you work for the manufacturer, or you guys work for the represent or the the marketing team that uh, sells these aircraft? Is that right, or what, Paige? Excellent question. So yeah. we're actually with a company called Wright Rudder Aviation, Wright Rudder, based in it. Central Florida. Okay. We do a number of things, uh, inclusive of which is the uh, we're the exclusive dealer for the Pipistrel Panthera in the United States and, and Central and South America. That just sounds cool. So we cool, represent the aircraft. Doesn't here. it? The Panthera. Oh, yes. It's, it's nice. a- <laughs> Yeah. I, I do. I, I, they are right here in our backyard because uh, we're in Orlando. He's like uh, Inverness. I'm like, hey, these planes, not only uh, do they look like a good fit, they're right here next to us, Dennis. God, good Lord, let's go fly these things. You're with me, right, Dennis? Come on. That's right. Do I have to go all the way to Orlando to pick you up and come back, or are you going to drive over and just meet me? I say I think you got to pick me up. I mean, that's part yeah, of that's the deal. that's kind of what I figured. I'd yeah. have to go do that again. Yeah. So, and I think, Andy, the video I saw actually featured you going through all the features and stuff, and, and that's what you've been doing. You've toured around the country showcasing this aircraft uh, to folks like me, uh, I assume. Is that the case yeah. or what? Yeah, that's correct. Basically, it's it's been a challenging business environment for all types of businesses mm-hmm. over the past 12 months or so because of the current conditions. And launching an aircraft with no air shows was somewhat difficult. So we decided to meet people on a one-on-one basis across the country in, in very small groups, like I said, one-on-one, and demonstrate what the aircraft is capable of. And really, that was a great way to launch the product in the U.S. because up until we had done that, a lot of people had heard of it, seen it. But a lot of people were like, well, that's not a real airplane. And the purpose of the tour was to say, hey, it's real. And here it is. You can fly it. You can buy it and uh, come check it out. Why would they say that's not a, a real airplane? Because it's called the Panthera. It just sounds too <laughs> mythical or like a superhero. Or what do you think there, Andy? Or like a band. Or like a band. <laughs> yes, right. Yes. Or cologne. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, yeah, there's probably a mosh pit and some head bangings going on some at some point during the presentation, I guess. Is that right, Andy, or what? We're, we're doing it right now. You just can't yeah. see us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's probably good. But uh, look, I, 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 let's talk about this aircraft because, uh, you know, the video I saw is like, gosh, this thing uh, is like a sports car of in, in the in the sky. It's very high tech. And I believe... I did see one of the the light sport aircraft, you know, when you guys are, you're, I mean, well, first, let's back up. Is this thing in production yet? It's not quite there yet, right? Or is it? It is in serial production. Mm-hmm. But right now it has experimental certification, but you hope to get the full certification in the next, what, year or so? Is that the plan? That's correct. Yeah, right now we're looking at uh, around 2022, maybe 2023 certification. It depends on exactly how the time frame goes. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, EASA certification will come first, followed by FAA uh, certification of reciprocity shortly thereafter. Got it. All right. So let's talk about the specifics. It's a four-seater and uh, run through some of the uh, you know the, the parameters uh, of this thing and what it can do. Yeah, absolutely. So, so basically, the founder and CEO of Pipistrel, his name's Evo, he said, let me build the best airplane possible. So what he did is they did a lot of market research and said, hey, what are the best features from each aircraft that's currently out there in the market? Let's bring them all together and make them into one aircraft. So hmm. he looked at, uh, you know, uh, Cirrus, he says, parachutes, wonderful safety feature. Let's have that. He looked at Diamond. They have a third door for the back seat to make ingress and egress pretty easy. Let's have that. Uh, he said, uh, you know, some of the jets have trailing link landing gear, which makes all your landings buttery smooth. Let's bring that in. Hmm. And then, of course, he looked at Mooney and saw some speed and efficiency out of the Mooney. 
he said, let's do that. So the, the numbers are as such. Um, he wanted to make a four-seat aircraft that was comfortable for all occupants you could actually use. So it has 1,100-pound useful load, four seats, three doors. And he wanted to make it not only fast, but also also efficient. And, of course, with safety being the top priority. So the aircraft does a, a maximum uh, sustained cruise speed of 198 knots true. Wow. Um, it does 1,000 nautical miles, uh, so great range. And if you bring it back to economy cruise, which would be 185 knots, we're burning 10.8 gallons an hour on a four-seat aircraft. So that's wonderful, wonderful uh, efficiency there. That's achieved through aerodynamics. Greg, that is basically the same fuel flow that I'm getting out of the Mooney, but right. I'm only doing 155. So and, we're getting, and that's on an economy cruise. So if we really needed to get there in a hurry and don't mind the gas bill, uh, Bahamas, that's not a, not a, uh, 15 minute flight it's a five minute flight now. well exactly and then you don't even have to gas up uh, when you get over there you're back and forth no problem uh you can take more stuff uh because a useful load is much higher than it would be in your mooney dennis wouldn't it at 1100 pounds it's almost 200 pounds more than i can carry and my my mooney is actually pretty svelte with uh with a 920 pound useful load yeah well and, and on top of everything else uh, these pantheras look cool I mean, they do have ramp appeal. I am impressed. Well, I mean, the interior, I mean, that I saw on the video, I was like, wow, that is very sporty. It it actually looked very comfortable, too. And and the canopy was almost uh, all glass. So it was kind of open up a little bit like that. Do I got that right there, uh, um, Paige? Yeah. Yeah. um, It's actually, I don't know if you saw the AOPA article. Uh, they, they called it the flying Ferrari. And nice. it's, uh, in fact, when you look inside of it, it really does feel like you're in a Ferrari with the, uh, the red stitching and the carbon right. fiber. Um, you really feel like you're in a luxury sports vehicle of some sort. So yeah. there um, is a lot it, of carbon fiber on this thing, making it light and sturdy and strong and all that kind of good stuff. So that's kind of more state of the art design type stuff as well. Is that right? Yeah. Um, and also the, one of my favorite features physically, like looking at it, um, if you look in the, like the rear window area, um, they take the angle of the window and continue it with the, uh, with the vinyl and make it very angular and pointy. And I, I don't ever really see that in other planes. So when I look at that, that's just something that really stands out to me with the, with the Panthera's design. Well, there you go. So, and these, uh, are, are being built or, or they, the guy who uh, came up with these Andy is where? So they're being, what country, where? So uh, Pipistrel is headquartered in Slovenia. Okay. Most of the aircraft that are produced are actually exported out of Italy. So they're Italian manufacturer. Got it. Uh, great production facilities over there. Um, Pipistrel has been in business since 1989. And there's over 5,000 airframes throughout the world flying around uh, to this day. So quite a reputation. Uh, historically, they've flown more in Europe than in the United States, but we're looking to change that quickly. We're trying to catch up, is what you're saying. Or you'd like to see that happen, and and you guys yeah. at Right Rudder are the ones to make that happen. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a wonderful aircraft. You know, new airplanes are not brought to market very frequently because of the cost and expensive of doing so, and, and the financial risk. Uh, but the market is ready for uh, for a new clean sheet design with modern uh, technology and feels like the quality, like we said, like of a sports car. And it's just quiet. It's comfortable. It's smooth. Overall, it is uh, safety is at the focus of everything Pipistrel does. Uh, so it's a, it's a great machine. And to be able to represent it is just a dream come true. Yeah. Well, really. represent it or just get to fly it around all over the country. I mean, you got a pretty... <laughs> 
Pretty cool job there, sounds like uh, to me, Andy. All right, well, we got to talk about a way to get our hands on one of these things or get this thing up in the sky. Maybe I can even learn how to fly one of these pantheras. Italian leather, sleek, you know, carbon fiber. I mean, this thing is cool. Uh, no doubt about it. I just got to figure out how to fly one and and uh, get my hands on Captain Key's credit card, probably, because that could be an issue as well. But we'll find out more about this aircraft and uh, a lot of that kind of stuff next, right here on Just Plane Radio. Stay close. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. What's going on? We're losing altitude. I'm going to try to put her down at that Air Force base. Hey, hang on, Chris. We've got a distress call coming in. Mayday! Mayday! Requesting emergency landing! I see you, pilot. You are clear for landing. This is going to be nuts. God be with them. They did it. They landed. And look. They're in love. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me, Law Captain Dennis, and our special guests from uh, Pipistro and Wright Rudder Aviation in Inverness, Florida. We got Paige and Andy talking about this uh, Panthera. I, I can't, you know, say the name without making it sound more mystical and, and stuff. Is that just go to the territory page, or I'm just nuts? de Panthera. See, she the did new, it too. The newest female perfume. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. All right. That's better than a heavy metal band, I think. I, I'm with you. So, hints uh, of Hunter Lolet. Exactly. Yeah. Now, listen. <laughs> that does get addictive. Wow. We're on to something. Yeah, maybe. Might be another uh, revenue stream for you guys. But the Pipistrel Panthera is what we're talking about. Four-seater, uh, carbon fiber, super aircraft. Uh, let me ask you something, Andy, uh, you know, from my perspective, I'm a uh, perpetual flight student in training, which means I need it. <laughs> I need a, uh, aircraft to learn to fly in. Could this be that aircraft or uh, would that be too much of an aircraft for a student pilot? What's, what's your thought on that? Well, the Panthera is at its heart and soul designed to be an easy to fly, fun to fly aircraft. We have a and winner. We sure. have a winner. I love it. Okay. I like where you're going with this, but continue. Yeah. Pimperstrel has really hit the mark on delivering in that. So um, you guys are, of course, welcome to come over and fly it at any time. Uh, Paul Bertarelli with Aviation Consumer and Avweb had an opportunity to fly it. And he said it's so easy to fly, a student pilot could fly it. Okay. So yeah. now, well, that's true. Um, <laughs> we do recommend, of course, getting extensive training prior to that. Okay. <laughs> So, I mean, you don't want me to come over there and, and prove that the Panthera is indeed uh, Greg-proof? 
uh, which <laughs> some people call idiot proof. But overall, you prefer to have people that already have their private pilot certificate and probably have learned in a, a trainer and then they take on something a little bit more meaty. Yeah. So out of the historical sales that have already taken place to the aircraft, most owners are coming from other aircraft types. For example, the Cirrus, the Diamond, the Mooney, things like that. But we also have had great success in the market selling to people who are not yet pilots and are looking to get into aviation. Okay. And the way that works is uh, we are a fixed-based operator at the Inverness Airport and a full-service flight school. And so we are able to provide the training necessary to get the private certificate, get the instrument, and to get the retract time that the insurance companies are going to demand. Because let's face it, the insurance companies are the ones who kind of rule the aviation industry. Got it. So uh, it is easy to fly, but in order to you know meet the insurance requirements, you'll want to have have the time and have your interim rating and have the complex time. Okay. So Paige, can you set this up? If I come over, you'll raise your insurance limits and I can come over and learn how to fly this thing? Can we make sure. this happen? I just I just added insurance agent to my uh, my resume, so we'll make that happen. I All guess. right. Well, there you go. <laughs> Dennis, what say you? So, uh, Paige, is there another option at your FBO that maybe would be a little bit easier for Greg to get into uh, first? You know, maybe an alpha trainer or something like that. What? Yeah. Uh, Actually, the alpha trainer is a great option. Um, Ours is technically um, under the the category motor glider, um, but it does have advanced avionics. Um, It flies flight characteristic wise, very similarly to the Panthera, um, just at a lot lower of a speed and a lot less going on. Um, but it's definitely a great starting aircraft for, um, for anybody interested in a Pipistrol aircraft. Okay. I'm okay with that, but I I really want to say that I'm flying the Panthera, you know, but, (laughs) but Alpha trainer has a good, you know, a good, good sound to it too. The Alpha. I don't know. It's, it's okay, (laughs) but it's not the Panthera. But, you know, (laughs) once again, that may just be me. Let's talk about the avionics in the Panthera. What do you got in there exactly, Andy? Yeah, so it's set up kind of more like a turbine aircraft. So everything's very easy to reach, very ergonomically designed, and it's just easy to work with. And with today's technology, everyone has smartphones in their hands. Everyone's flying with iPads. Uh, technology is all around us, and it's increasingly getting into the automotive sector as well, where you have smart cars and self-driving cars. So Pipistrol looked around and uh, looked at all the different possible avionics sources, uh, selected Garmin, and specifically, I'm really happy with the choice, the Garmin G3X platform combined with the GTN 750XI, 650XI, and the Garmin Autopilot. And what that does is it's all touchscreen, and it's very uh, intuitive for a new pilot to get used to. And even for experienced pilots who really know the menu system structure and the capabilities of the avionics, it's very easy to access different types of information as needed. So as an example, you know, we were flying around the whole country, and uh, it's something than we've done before, but we're still unfamiliar with different parts of areas. Say, for example, we were flying in the Colorado Rockies. I would switch to the terrain function, uh, but simultaneously we're worried about weather. And I can put, since there's a total of six different displays in the Panthera, you can configure each display in in a manner that's appropriate for the phase of flight that you're in. Hmm. And it's it's okay. it's so easy to do. I gotta love it. What do you think, Dennis? I like the fact that it's not a G1000. You know, okay. it gives Why? you it's the, it, cause it's, it gives you modular ability to upgrade when you buy an aircraft what, you know, everybody's got the G 1000 platform, but from an owner standpoint, you're locked into that G 1000 platform. So if you want to make a change to it, it's got to be approved from the manufacturer and Garmin. So you're really limited in what you can do. And a lot of people found that was a, a challenge uh, during the ADSB compliance. You know, if you had an older Mooney that wasn't was equipped, 
you couldn't get the parts to make it was equipped. And now how are you going to meet the mandate? Uh, so I like the fact that it's modular. If something newer or better than the GTN 750 comes out down the road, say you want to get an Avidyne in there, you could do that. You're not locked into just a particular platform. I like that flexibility. Well, okay, maybe. But, I mean, this thing has all the bells and whistles uh, that you could possibly want at this point in time, I would imagine. Is that right, Andy? Yeah, it's it's got everything you can yeah. imagine. Um, I mean, it's it's you're kind of spoiled when you fly it. Mm-hmm. And if you go fly anything else, you're like, where's where's this feature? Oh, yeah, right. don't have that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so it definitely I mean, spoils you. What what about the uh you know w- when you're learning to fly an aircraft like this? I mean, is it a big transition from going you know f- say from like a 182 trainer into something like this? Is there a pretty? I mean, because you're talking about a different type of joystick thing, and there's not like a uh you know a yoke on a typical Cessna. This is a, a it's a single stick right between your legs. That, yeah, center stick. Yeah, so, center stick, you know, right. if you look across across aircraft designs, there's a number of different types of controls. Of mm-hmm. course, Cirrus is fam- famous for using the side stick. Uh, Cessna has the yokes. Uh, but, you know, we fly a Piper Cub, for example, is, is one of the aircraft that we fly quite a bit in our flight school, yeah. and it has a center stick. So okay. center stick is very intuitive. Most aerobatic airplanes have center stick. Um, so we find that people transition fairly easily. The biggest challenge coming from, say, a 182, as in your example, to the Panthera, mm-hmm. is the speed difference, of course. So you start off training and thinking, you got to think ahead of the aircraft. You got to be 10 steps ahead of the aircraft. So we're playing chess in the air, so to speak. And you got to think about your speeds and how you're going to slow the aircraft down and things like that. So as an example, you know, we did the the photo shoot for the AOPA uh, cover. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we used a 182 for that as the photo ship for that. And the speed difference between the two is is quite apparent when you're doing uh, the formation flight with the, with the two. So Right. Uh, like, slow down. I can't get the picture. <laughs> We're in slow flight. We can't get any slower. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can see that being an issue. And, and look, if you buy one of these things now, uh, you know, in under the experimental banner, uh, and once you get your full certification, they're worth like thousands more after you get your cert, right? Just say yes. Well, <laughs> once an aircraft is experimental, that particular airframe could not be made certified. However, ah. we will only sell experimental exhibition versions up ah, okay. until the aircraft is certified. Once the aircraft is certified, the experimentals will no longer be available. And, and a number of people prefer experimental. Going back to the avionics, case in point, the Garmin Autopilot is still being certified on various types of aircraft. And if it's experimental, you can just pop it in and it's pretty easy to go. So well, a lot go. of people prefer experimental for that. Well, reason. like uh, Captain Dennis. I'm still waiting for you know two different companies to get their autopilot certified so i can upgrade the one in my mooney screw that idea get a panthera from pipistrel hey, we could have this conversation we'll trade rides and see what you think and there. we'll talk about it uh, on a future edition on the big show we'll have to leave it at that for now but thanks guys we appreciate you being on just plane radio today yeah thanks for having us to come out anytime and come fly the panthera with us oh you can count on it and on that note we'll wrap it up till next time remember there is no better high than learning to fly
Just Plain Radio is brought to you by JustPlainRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plain Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlainRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plain Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to fly and the aviation lifestyle. <laughs> Listen up, everybody. I have some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plain Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlainRadio.com.